0: In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, says this, And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, they knew the times, to know what Israel ought to do. And so here we have back in Israel's history, when Israel was having difficulties, they had some men that came from Issachar. They knew what was going on in the world, in their world at that time. They had understanding, and I believe that's what we should have ourselves. Uh, it's time to get our heads out of the sand. That's the title of my message. Amen. It's time to get our heads out of the sand. Today we're seeing the dismantling of America's foundational values. We're used to, as Christians, by the way, we've had the home field advantage. But today that has completely changed today because others are in control of our educational system, court systems, government policies, media, corporations, and even sports. Today, we're playing on the opponent's home field, and we are the minority. Uh, Recently, I got a book, and I've read this book, and I'm going to preach what I learned out of this book today. To share a few things of what's going on. Uh, Dr. Erwin Lutzer, it's titled, We Will Not Be Silenced. If you haven't gotten that book yet, you need to get it. And it goes into depth and just these headlines that I give to you today. And they so moved me and uh, I began reading it about three weeks ago and I kept going through it and I thought it would be good for the 4th of July weekend. And so I want to challenge you concerning that. And here's some things that uh, I learned as I was going through that, and I just wrote it on paper. I hope I can understand what I've written down. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do my best. And, uh, but here's some things. Number one, they're tearing down our past. They're tearing down our past by delegitimizing the country's Judeo-Christian foundation. And they're trying to create a new secular and godless society. And as they rewrite our nation's past, that will allow them to control our future. And that's just a fact. Uh, John F. Kennedy had an assistant by the name of Schlesinger. Some of you people remember him. He said something amazing. He said this, History is to the nation much as memory is to the individual. The individual who loses his memory doesn't know where he came from or where he's going, and he becomes dislocated and disoriented. And that's what's beginning to take place in our country. As they rewrite our history, even our beginning, turn down our statues, on and on it goes. It's unbelievable what's taking place. Number two, they're using diversity to divide and destroy. They're doing all they can to keep the ethnic groups, the blacks, the whites, the Indians, the Asians, the Jews, in a constant turmoil, in constant conflict, without any real solutions. So today, as you look about, we can always improve relationships. I understand that. We don't have too good of a history sometimes. Thank God we had a constitution that changed that. And we're still working on those things. I understand that. But they're using race to divide and create hate among Americans because they want to replace it with socialism. Number three, they're taking away most rights of free speech. Their definition of free speech is they can, we can't. <laughs> That's a good definition right there. Because of our biblical viewpoint, it does not agree with their manifesto. And as a result, they try to shame and try to tear us down. Because we have conservative Christian worldviews, our voice is getting littler and littler. Number four, they're using propaganda to manipulate changed people or their perception of reality. In other words, when they do that, they close their own minds to truth or common sense. If somebody disagrees with them today, they're shamed, lied about on social media, or they're canceled out. They use a lot of these slogans. Somebody said a slogan are labels on a box that does not match the contents inside. (laughs) I like that. Here's a slogan, social justice. That sounds good, but it's deconstructing everything to overthrow the existing government. It's a grab for power. Not only another slogan, no justice, no peace. That's often used to justify violence, theft, and mayhem. Pro-abortion, they say they are protecting women's health. They call it women reproductive health rights. They're making it sound like they're caring and compassionate (laughs) but all it's doing is giving them a right to take a life of an infant that's not been born yet. And by the way, two questions I always have, who pays for it? And why do we have to pay for abortions? And then also, why don't they show an abortion on TV? And let people see what an abortion is really all about but that would not ever be permitted you know as well as myself number five they're sexualizing america's children they're causing our children to have lots of confusion carol and i was coming down the street the other day and i saw a church sign there and it says he made them male and female And I I thought that was a great stand right on Madison Avenue down there by the mall. And uh, anyway, they're doing this sexualization through the schools, uh, educational curriculum, pop culture, government, corporation supports. They're doing away with God's creative plan and purpose that marriage is between only a man and a woman. And they're trying to say God is wrong and they are right. That's a joke, isn't it? Their goal is to destroy the biblical traditional family. When a U.S. Supreme Court judge nominee cannot answer what is a girl or a woman and she is still nominated, our country is going away from God. America substituted and submitted to these left-wing liberal socialistic mindsets yielding to all the individual factors there. This past month we just celebrated Pride Month. They give Mother's Day one day and they're arguing about that. That's amazing. Recently at a Pride parade, you probably saw it on TV, some march nude with children present. Actually, Martha, they were naked. And back in our days, we called them perverts. That's not very nice, but truth is not always nice. Amen? Pastor Brown said this, the greatest enemy of the radical transgender movement is science and biological realities. (laughs) And I believe he was right on. Number six. They say capitalism is America's disease and socialism is the cure. After all what America has done for so many individuals, you can go anywhere you want in the world, go there for a couple years, come back, you'll kiss the ground when you come back. Because America probably has the highest level of living than any other country in the entire world. What a blessing America has been to many, many. They say socialism to many, what it means is freedom, free college, free health care. By the way, everybody's upset because we didn't, the Supreme Court didn't agree to pay the students loans off and uh, only cost $450 billion, <laughs> print some more money. And I have kids who owe college bills and that. I w- if you take the loan out, you pay your loan back. You might not like that, but that's okay. That's just the way life should work. Amen. And uh, they want free retirement income, free, free to redistribute the wealth, guaranteed jobs and decent living. They say this, people, not profits. At first, that appears attractive. But as you look in it, it's the supremacy of the state over The individual. My question is this here. Was not COVID-19, the pandemic, handling by the government an example of big government taking over the economy, education, businesses, and people's life? Was that not enough to say no to big government? Amen. I've been to Russia, by the way, under the communist regime, and always, like socialism, their promises, they evaporate. I saw the people, and it was amazing, the long lines, little food. I mean, it's just crazy. You would think when you go to Russia, it's not a third world country, it's a fourth world country. That's in reality. And uh, it's, it's, just, it's just awful. Somebody said this. I thought it was good socialism. It builds a ladder to a place that does not exist. <laughs> That's good. And by the way, the climate change and socialism go hand in hand. Climate change is to have government in control of the economy over people's right to many freedoms. That's just a fact. I believe in taking good care of the land, of course, but not to the extremism that we're seeing. Years ago, Margaret Thatcher of England, she said this, the problem with socialism is that sooner or later you run out of other people's money. And that's that true? Somebody ought to tell Bernie Sanders that. Amen. Then number seven, there's the vilifying Of opposing viewpoints it seems like we're not allowed to have one Uh, they have all kinds of viewpoints, but we we don't we're not allowed to and what they do they pick they target freeze personalize and then polarize it that's Saul Alinsky that said that in his book rules for radicals it's not They're not satisfied with live and let live. But they go further and demand that you go along with their agenda. Even though it's not biblical. And if you don't, you're shamed, ridiculed, and intimidated. David Horowitz said years ago, the left has no conscience or restraint when it comes to destroying people who stand in its way. They began with the removal of religious presence from America's public schools. Since then, it's only grown worse and more intense. And he was exactly right. Example would be Proposition 8. That defined marriage between a man and a woman. And that was actually passed by voters in California. The gay lobby retaliated. Supporters were shamed by the disclosing of their names and addresses online, inviting harassment by the radicals. Many supporters that supported the law, they lost their jobs. Their employers caved in to the pressure. Employees were threatened, their home's property vandalized. They were bullied into submission or at least into silence. And by the way, this vilifying, it's going on in the Southern Baptist Convention right now in several areas as we've been watching. Another simple example is Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. I don't know about you. I, love, I like their sandwiches. And, and they opened up in England. But some of the radicals there found out that the CEO had years ago said that he favored... Uh, the family with a biblical viewpoint. And for eight straight days, nonstop, they protested Chick a filet until finally Chick-fil-A pulled out and closed their doors in England. It, <clears throat> if we hold to traditional biblical values, we're bigots and we have no place at the table and we lose many of our rights and freedoms. Another example is public, uh, private schools. Some private schools, they receive vouchers. And at these schools, they don't allow the extreme agendas that are being promoted in society today. But government and companies are under pressure to stop that financial support. There's a bill that's been introduced already that would prohibit private schools from establishing any anti-gay teachings. Even though the school might be a religious school, what do they do when they come across Romans chapter 1, Proverbs, or 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 6, or Leviticus chapter 18? You're not permitted to teach what the Word of God says, I said, no, I don't agree with that. Now think about that. A parent decides to send their kids to private schools because they don't want their children to be indoctrinated with anti-biblical truth, yet the radicals are trying to take away parents' rights and force them to bow to their agenda. It's as if parents don't know what's right for their own children. And when they stand up for what's right for their children, they're called terrorists, homophobic, white supremacists, or religious bigots. (laughs) That's going on in our country today. So don't forget to get that book. He goes into detail on everything I just said there. Now, my question is, what do we do? Well, there's some suggestions. One, always remember or always remain prayerful, kind, considerate, understanding, yet honest with the truth. We can always be gracious, but we don't step back on the Word of God, what it says. Secondly, always we must never step back from the true gospel. Because it's the only thing that can save a person from eternal hell. And it's the fact that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. That's sufficient to save an individual person from all of their sins. As a matter of fact, if these people that are promoting all these things might do that, things might change. Three, do our best to minister to other people. Not just the spiritual, but the physical, or so, and so on. And what that's doing, that is serving with spiritual intent. Apostle Paul says, I've made myself all things to all people that I might win some. So I think that's, we can't forget not only the spiritual part, but the hurting part of people. Number four, always we must never bow to the cultures sexual revolution, or social justice that is without God. You can't have justice. You know, they say, uh, no justice, no peace. We should say, no God, no justice, and no peace. Amen? Number five, we must always remember not to lose our grip on God's truth, as many churches have and are doing today. It's amazing what they're teaching out there today. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine teaching, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Just little stories that just are not true. Think that through. You watch television much on Christian stations, you could say amen to what that verse there just said. It's crazy what's going on. You have to stay in the word and stay word-centered. And then, always, we must also remember, all of us here, at one time, we were lost, undone, undeserving sinners. But somebody introduced us to the grace of God and showed us that Jesus Christ was our answer. And if somebody has done that for us, we should do that for somebody else. Amen? Amen. Amen. Also, we must understand people are free to choose their beliefs and lifestyles. I mean, people are free to do that. But they are not free to choose the consequences of their decisions, and they will reap what they sow. We know what the Bible says. But when they choose something that's not biblical, what do we do? We respond by trying to emulate Jesus Christ. That's how we respond. It states in Luke 7:47 and following, Wherefore I say unto thee, the girl taken in adultery. Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Go on to the next verse, guys. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith hath saved thee, go in peace. Here he is dealing with a girl taken in the very act of immorality. And he forgave her of her sins. When we deal with people, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how bad they might be, it matters how gracious we might be to them to show them the way of Christ. John chapter 8, verse 10. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, who was, they were going to stone her, he said unto her, woman, where are thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. I'm giving you an opportunity here to change your life. And that's what we should do with individual people. We attack the problem, not the person. Amen? Somebody said this, truth without humility is judgmentalism. Humility without truth is cowardice. And I believe that's true. And then lastly, we must know the truth and the times we're in. To know the truth, what God's word says, know the times that we look around and we know it can't be much longer. We know that, but then have the courage to engage this false culture and stand up for God's truth. Amen. Esther 4.14 says this here, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Perhaps we're here and we're going to experience a lot of stuff for such a time as this, that God has given us to be that true light of the world. You can get involved, not only spiritually through your church, but get on school boards that can make a difference. Run for elective office legislatively. Or even if things are so bad, homeschool. There's a lot of work, no doubt about it. But I would do anything to keep my kids from being indoctrinated. And that's important. Jesus said this and. John 15, 18, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. John 16 says this, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace and in the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. If we live for Christ, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna face it. We don't know when they're going to come and try to silence our voices. It's just a matter of, it's not if, it's when. We understand what's going on. We know the times now, what's happening. Peter says this, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. In other words, I need to prepare myself in such a way that I have some answers for people. And when they ask, say, you're different. Why are you different? I can share them how Christ has revolutionized my life. Amen. I had a chance to do that the other night. And I said, you know, when God saved me, he changed my life. I'm different now. And then Paul says in Ephesians 5, 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, that means not to left or right, but straight, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Then verse 17, he says, wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is found in his word. That's where we'll find it every time. I was reminded as I was putting this together, so much attacking our country that we love. Our country's not perfect, we know that. But it's a country that had a foundation that gave it a chance to survive because of its biblical Judeo-Christian Foundation that they gave us and everybody. And I said, At this day and time, what do we do? And I came across an old song. I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Amen's right. In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an angel. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Amen. Amen. Let's everybody stand if we would. Let's put that song back up on there and we're going to sing it. Some of us can make sounds. We'll be fine. But you old timers, you know this. You help us sing it, okay? We need your help right now. Sing.
1: In times Thanks, like, like these, You need a Savior in times like these. You need an anchor, be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Be very sure, be very sure. Your anchor holds
0: and grips
1: the solid rock.
0: Everybody said, Amen. Amen. Keep the faith. We love you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you.
1: We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.